Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for common sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby, standing for truth, justice, and the American way, bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. This is John Katsimatidis. What a great show we have for you today. I mean, you can't you can't get this show anyplace else. I mean, what we say is that even the KGB is listening and the CCP uh, from China to find out what the heck is going on in the world. Wait, wait. What about Kim Jong Un? He doesn't listen to us. What, we're not worthy of that. He What's wrong? Sleep. Okay. <laughs> in, in the studio, we have uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, a common sense Democrat, a common sense uh, uh, Republican. We have Congressman Peter King. And a few minutes ago, I asked uh, uh, Congressman King, "28 years in Congress was it always this way?" And and, and Congressman, the American people deserve an answer. Yeah, no, it was, it, it was never this way. And listen, I'm not saying Congress was great in those days. There were always petty disputes going on. But on key issues, we could work together. Like Newt Gingrich and Bill Clinton were fighting all the time. They worked out welfare reform, and they worked out a balanced budget, two of the biggest issues of the time. They spent their time fighting on other issues that were peripheral. But on key stuff that came together, they, you know, we were able to do it. You can't agree on anything today. You're absolutely right. And I, Rita, I understand we got some breaking news. Breaking news, WABC. And joining us now with the big breaking news is John Solomon with Just the News. John, what do you got? What did Devin Archer say? Uh, a very consequential day for the investigation into the Biden family finances, into the potential corruption. Devin Archer, first off, confirmed that Joe Biden did, in fact, get on the call, phone calls more than 20 times with Hunter Biden's business associates and partners, including and he also had dinner one time with a bunch of them at the Cafe Milano in D.C. This completely undercuts the storyline that Joe Biden gave us all through the 2020 election. And quite frankly, just a few weeks ago, he was still holding to that line in the face of a lot of contrary evidence. But the big bombshell today from Devin Archer is that the owners of Burisma, uh, Mikolo Zochevsky and one of his sidekicks, Vadim Pazarsky, were directly pressuring Hunter Biden to get help from Washington, D.C., i.e. his father's administration, the Obama-Biden administration, to get rid of the Ukrainian prosecutor, Victor Shokin, because Shokin was investigating Brisma for corruption. This is very important because it occurs in a very important window. These conversations occurred just a few days before Joe Biden flew over from the United States to Kiev, went to Ukraine, and began himself a campaign to force out that prosecutor, uh, Victor Shokin, from his job by threatening to withhold $1 billion in USAID. So Hunter Biden was being pressured to do something that his father did just a few short days later when he came to Ukraine. This ties together a set of circumstances, a set of facts, a timetable that matches very closely that famous FBI informant memo that came out a couple of weeks ago that suggested Hunter and Joe Biden were working together to get rid of the prosecutor and they had a chance to make $10 million if they did so. A Biden family insider, Devin Archer, lays out key steps that now connect some of the dots in that allegation to the FBI informant. John, question. John Katsimatidis yeah. here. Uh, yeah. Is there a list of the people that were uh, in in person at that Cafe Milano uh, that, will, uh, that will attest to that meeting took place? Well, we do know that 
Yelena Baderina, who was a Russian oligarch, a controversial one at that point. She was having trouble getting her money into the United States. Some banks had been banning her. Her husband was the former mayor of Moscow, a controversial figure in the post-Cold War era. So we know for sure, because uh, Devin Archer testified that she was there. We know from Hunter Biden's laptop that Burisma officials were also there. Uh, Vadim Pazarsky, the very guy that uh, was referenced today by Devin Archer. He also was at that meeting and actually sent a thank you note saying, Hunter, thanks for letting me meet your dad at that Cafe Milano meeting. So two of them, two very controversial people, Burisma, at the time Burisma was considered a corrupt company by Joe Biden. Is there any State pictures Department. or is there a list of people? I mean, uh, I've, heard no about that, I've heard about yeah. that meeting in the past. Uh, there, so, there is a list. In the email, there's a list of attendees in the email they made public about two years ago. There's some other uh, sundry I, uh, folks. The two most important one were Elena Baderina, the Russian oligarch, and uh, uh, Vadim Pazarsky, the Brisma guy. Now, is the is uh, uh, the uh, Congress planning to call any of them to confirm? Uh, that is, well, we're going to see. We're going to talk to James Comer in about an hour, so hopefully we'll get a good readout of what are the next steps, what's important about this, where do we go next. But what you have now is a Biden family insider kind of corroborating parts of what the FBI informant said, uh, claimed to the FBI that Mikola Zochevsky, the Burisma owner, told him. So there's now a sort of a merging of these two um, uh, storylines into one larger storyline. Uh, I think there's a lot of steps ahead. I think the next big step is that Hunter, uh, uh, excuse me, Devin Archer has a whole bunch of documents that were seized by the FBI in 2016 that cover this entire time frame. Things that are not on the Hunter Biden laptop, but are in Devin Archer's possession. He can't get access to them. They're sitting in a storage company. I expect James Comer to drop a subpoena and get those documents. Those documents could Does fill the in FBI or have them too? Say that again. Does the FBI have them and they did not? They've uh, always had them. Yeah, they, they, they've had them in their possession since 2016. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see who turns them over first, the document storage company or the FBI. But I would expect a subpoena because those documents can either validate or invalidate the things that Devin Archer just told. The I think the American people just want the truth and they want to make sure want. it's not my word against yours. Yeah, and by the way, did the FBI, the FBI has never released that, which is interesting. You know, I want to, I want to get back to the very beginning here also, uh, John, because what is consistent, and we even heard Democrat Dan Goldman, uh, Congressman of New York comes out, and he even confirmed that yes, Devin Archer did, uh, was there, uh, corroborates, says that Joe Biden was on the phone with other, when these Burisma executives and other executives were present, uh, with Hunter Biden. That is very different than what Joe Biden has consistently told the American public. He has said, I never talked to my son's business associates. I've never, even if you listen to the Democratic line, he is yep. not telling the truth to the American public. I mean, this, this I think was very damning today. It is. Listen, the four major stories that Joe Biden told the American public to get his job in 2020 were, my family never got money from China. They did. I never met with any of my Hunter Biden's business partners. He did. The laptop was uh, disinformation. It wasn't. It was very real. And I didn't know anything about my son's business dealings. If he was talking to the business partners 20 plus times and having dinner with them, of course, he knew some of the things he knew. They were the business partners. Uh, Joe Biden's four primary 
uh, things he said to deflect all this, to turn away what Donald Trump was using as an attack line. They weren't true, and they're very personal. When a, when a president looks into the camera and says something that's not true, that really stings the American people. I think that's the big thing here. There's not much doubt now that Republicans will be able to say with some confidence, Joe Biden has been lying to you. And the question now is, why? Is there something worse than these things that we've now proven? That'll be the next step of the investigation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, big stuff, John. Please keep us posted. What a huge news day. We appreciate you being with us, John Solomon. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Wow. wow. That wow. was a biggie. Wow, wow, wow. We, uh, we just all heard uh, John Solomon. There's some big stuff there, John. I mean, first off, the fact that the FBI has had these documents sitting on them since if 2016. You independent collaboration from other people about the meetings, I don't know. Well, you have an obligation to well, turn first it over, of all, I think. No, wait. First of all, at that time, he was not a vice president at the meeting. For, uh, of, at the... Uh, <clears throat> Il Milano? Oh, Milano. Milano. You're talking about the Milano. But, but John, what, what we just heard yeah. from John Solomon is absolutely damning to the president because there were 20 conversations, including that meeting in Milano. But he says the president was Did on the phone... What's that? Did you ever doubt it in your heart? Uh, no, I never did. But you know what? What I did doubt was that maybe Archer might not show up today. He canceled, remember, three times. And then he got that letter over the weekend, Judge. Go directly which to was, jail. Do not pass go. I mean, I that mean, is sleazy city. Collect $200. I mean, I mean, really, if you want to talk about a way to lose credibility if you're the Department of Justice, sending that letter on a Saturday imploring Ronnie Abrams. The yeah, US explain to everybody judge. what the letter was. The because letter, it was letter, a... Okay. Archer's been convicted, but there are, there are appeal issues in terms of an uh, unlawful sentence, so he doesn't have to surrender yet unless he's ordered by, by the judge. They're pushing to get him to surrender and have the judge uh, push him and sentence him on the eve of his testimony. His testimony. Also, if, you if you don't think that's an attempt to intimidate Congressman King. Yeah, also. He and only, then they backed it off, which was the he, thing. They had to. He has a one-year sentence. If he goes into jail now and he wins on appeal— It'll right. be too late because this case won't be decided within a year. But the bottom line is, Pete, you know, this wasn't a, a, a no, sending a shot across the bow to shut up and don't testify. And he did. Well, still. that's my whole point. That's why they were doing it, because he, he should not be put in jail now. In fact, this judge acquitted him the first time. Exactly. And it was that's sent right. back. So this that's judge right. has real doubts about the case. It is. Let's talk about the essence of what we just yeah, heard but, from uh, Devin Archer, because this to, is damning. Okay. This is this is the key. And everybody should understand this. This is a conversation we've, we've had with Professor Dershowitz. And Professor Shirley's been on the air on this as well. Circumstantial evidence is more than sufficient to bring somebody in as a co-conspirator on a conspiracy. Congressman King, as a distinguished lawyer, will tell you that. So, therefore, it's enough in 20-odd phone calls that was put on. You have the coincidence that every time he was put on, it was dealing with a business partner. You have the coincidence that several days after he's been told by his business partners he's in trouble and something has to be done out of Washington— that Biden, as the vice president of the United States, flies off there and has this uh, prosecutor removed. That's more than circumstantial evidence. All you have to do on a phone call is say, good afternoon, it's nice, uh, it's nice to meet you, have a wonderful weekend. Also, and that's good enough. Oh, that's interesting. Now, let me just repeat to everybody, because I think it's important people understand. Uh, what you are saying, Judge Weinberg, is the fact that the Democrats are coming out, and you've heard this beat that, like Dan Goldman of New York, mm-hmm. is coming out after these damning testimony from uh, these comments from Devin Archer, saying, oh, it was just a nice call, that he was just on the phone with his father. Yes, he conceded he was on the phone. 
uh, with the business partners, these rogue leaders. I mean, Burisma, Kazakhstan, Romania, you know, all these people. Uh, but what you're saying, Judge Weinberg, is that anybody that that is still enough, that that it could be a wink, wink, people, nod, nod. People have been convicted and Congressman right. King knows this. People have been convicted and right. gone to jail with less circumstantial evidence than that. Also, if you've been found to have lied on a particular fact, even though it doesn't directly go to your guilt, like with him saying that uh, you never discuss business with, uh, okay, he's been caught lying. That can be used by the jury against him for his overall guilt. Exactly right, Congressman. I understand uh, Rudy Giuliani is coming, uh, calling in. Yep, we're waiting for him any second. Uh, right, he's we'll take be a break us. right now, and we'll go to him right after the break. Stand by for Rudy Giuliani. I can't wait on this one. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Katz and Cosby. Rudy Giuliani is going to be joining us at any moment because of this huge blockbuster news. Devin Archer, the former business associate and former best friend of Hunter Biden, did indeed speak to Congress and again, as you just heard from John Solomon here, uh, wow, a blockbuster. And Rudy's going to have a lot to say. Rudy's been following this from the beginning. And I understand we've got Rudy now joining us here on the show. Uh, Rudy, uh, your thoughts about this. What a day. What a day indeed. Uh, the reality is I didn't think he would give up as much as he did. Uh, uh, it's, in fact, the leak for correct. Because, you know, let's face it, he has no immunity. There's a whole big group of crimes that he would involve himself in if he told the complete truth, right? Uh, So I don't know how they handled all of that. But the testimony he gave is deadly. A false exculpatory statement, which nobody is paying attention to, is a very dramatic piece of evidence. Well, Biden now has 27 of them. In other words, he he denied ever talking to, having anything to do with, or knowing about any of his son's foreign clients. Now we've got somebody saying he was in contact with them constantly. That's a false exculpatory statement. A judge can tell a jury, as Judge Weinberg, I'm sure, will, will tell you, that you can convict him on that alone. In fact, in many of the textbooks on evidence, it says that a false exculpatory statement is more powerful than a confession. That means lying about the crime. And, you know, you know, it's important, Rudy, too. He puts him in the room. That's why I thought he was like, I was there. I heard it. Oh, it's devastating. But, you know, it's really devastating because for 10 years he's been lying about it. For 10 years, he's been saying, and I, I played them on my radio show all the times he said, I never spoke to anybody that know anything. I never talked to my son, never talked to my brother, never talked to the clients, never spoke to them, never talk, saw them, didn't know about it. He, he, he said this for 15 years. Uh, it all turns out to be false. And that falsity can be used the way a confession is used. The mayor's and absolutely judge, correct. You're absolutely Am correct, I right, Mr. Judge? Absolutely correct. I, I always found as a prosecutor, and there are plenty of uh, evidence textbooks that back me up on this, it's more powerful than a confession. Yeah, and Rudy, you know what? It begs the question, Rudy Giuliani, why? You know, I mean, I, if I'm sitting there and I'm in oh. a jury, I'm just saying if somebody came to me, why would you keep covering it up? 
because they keep leaving out the most important text in the hard drive. And that's the one in December of 2018 in which Hunter explains the whole thing. For 30 years, I've been giving my father half my income. Because at the, at the, at the tail end of this, Joe's getting 50%. And he has been getting it for 30 years. And this is the only thing that we're earning money on. So, I mean, it doesn't take a genius to patch that all together. Yeah, and he, I mean, the, any, the important thing too, Rudy, today, they kept repeating, he was the vice president of the United well, States well, at the well, time, me, too. That's important, Was he the John. vice president? Of the, uh, no. Let's, During let's get some this of straight. this, he was. Let's get this straight. He was. Okay? I, 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 I always, I don't want to be MSNBC. I want to be WABC telling mm-hmm. the truth, okay? Mm-hmm. Was, the question is, of those 20 meetings and all of that sit-down uh, at cafe or whatever, Milano, Milano. Uh, was he... Uh, was he vice president? During some of it, he was. Anybody? Well, the, uh, meetings at Cafe Milano, the, meeting, the meetings at Cafe Milano, he was vice president for sure. Those were when he was vice president. And that's when he, uh, I mean, it's even, it's even on videotape when he threatened to uh, make sure that guy uh, uh, gets fired. fired. Yeah, the yeah, attorney the general is. of Ukraine. Yeah, he was vice president. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, the famous moment, John, where he says, and son of a bee, all and, of and a he sudden. Said it, he said it in front of yes. the Council of Foreign Co- Relations. Council of Foreign yes. Relations. And he was vice president yeah. at the and time. And he you. affected policy in Ukraine, too. That's the other thing. They, they don't. They don't also tell you. He that has they no have respect. He has no respect for the law. They have four conversations between him and the president when he was vice president and the president of of uh, uh, Ukraine, just when Shokin was fired, and Shokin can testify to the other end of those conversations. Shokin very, very sad because he has no respect for the law. If that was uh, how it happened, and it looks like he that's has what no happened. respect for the law. He's a very, he's a very bad man. And and, and he's is he ordering the. The Department of Justice is, he, he, is the Attorney General who was almost Supreme Court Justice. Is, is he that dumb that he has no ethics at all and he does, you know, what is he going to say? I've, even though I'm an attorney, I know it's wrong. I followed the orders of the President of the United States. You're talking about uh, What is Garland. he going to say? Right. Garland. Can he say that, Rudy? Yeah, like, can he say that, Judge? No, he can't say that. Uh, no, he really can't, uh, John. I mean, the reality is. So he has no ethics. He knows the law. He knows the law probably as well or better than the judge and I. I mean, he's a great. He was a great judge. He should. Uh, he should have stayed why, on the court. What about the, what about the letter they sent this weekend? That's, That's a it. total intimidation letter. Of Think course. About it. The guy has a one-year sentence, and they're going to put him in pending appeal. If the case gets reversed, he will have spent a year in jail for no reason. And 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 this is, and this is worse than uh, who was it that was attorney general that went to jail M- Mitchell yes yeah much worse than Watergate, uh, yeah, right? this is yeah. much worse than Watergate much worse not even compa- not even comparable and we haven't even gotten all of it yet <laughs> yeah that now Rudy where do you think it's going Rudy Giuliani after this blockbuster testimony these comments today from Devin Archer where's it going now I mean unless the Democrats want to. Um, just keep lying and lying and really risk that the entire country turns against them. They're going to have to get them out. They're gonna, there's got to be a Barry Goldwater somewhere. Like, you remember, John? Barry yeah. Goldwater went to see Nixon. A-U-H-T-O. Yeah, and he, was a, and he was a friend of Nixon. And he felt very bad, but he said, you got to go for the good of the country and for the party. Well, they, I don't know if they have a Barry Goldwater well, in their party. Mr. Mayor, that's the point. In the old days, it was senior members of real status, independent 
power and respect who could take somebody for a walk around the block to have that conversation. Who is it today? Well, uh, Mayor Giuliani, thank you for bringing everybody up to date. We got a call coming in from Africa uh, uh, to find out what's going on with that war in Niger. Yeah, with the Wagner group. uh, You're welcome to stay on and listen if you'd like to, Mr. Mayor. I'd love to hear what's going on. Let's go go to... uh, Yeah, we've got David David Otto. Otto. Do we have him on the line? I believe we do. Yeah, yeah, David Otto, who is on the board of the Pave the Way Foundation. John is going from. He's a board member of Pave the Way uh, Foundation, which I'm a member of too. And uh, David, uh, can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Thank you very much for having me on your program. Well, thank you for coming on. Uh, can you brief the American people on what the heck is going on in Africa? I'm, I understand Putin uh, had a meeting with uh, the African nations uh, uh, and the Wagner Group. There's so many things going on. Uh, give the American people a briefing. Yes, you're, you're correct. Um, there is a lot um, that is going on in, in Africa. Um, we have just witnessed uh, another military coup d'etat uh, in in the western part of Africa. This is the um, the fifth coup d'etat that you know has been happening for the past two years, and specifically, um, this um, coup d'etat has been happening in the um, western part, you know, which is um, um, you know close to a country um, you know known as Nigeria. So we just had the latest. Uh, military coup in in Niger's uh, republic. Um, This is not the first time, and we're hearing that um, uh, there is a huge support uh, that is coming from Russia. Um, Russia has promised um, the military junta uh, that has taken power from a democratically elected government um, that, you know, they will support them. Uh, You've got to remember um, that this is not the first country, as I mentioned. You know, you've got, um, you know, one other country called Burkina Faso that has had a coup d'etat, uh, Mali, which has had a coup d'etat. We've got Guinea Conakry. Uh, we also had Sudan um, and also Chad. So there has been so many coup d'etats happening. Uh, is, are you saying that the Wagner Group yes. of Russia is organizing this? Yes, this is what I was going to mention, that what is significant is that all these countries that are having coup d'etats, we are seeing a significant presence of um, Russian private military contractors linked to Wagner. Um, And that has happened uh, in the case of Central Africa Republic, uh, which now has, um, you know, Wagner as its main backers. Uh, The same has happened in, in Mali, the same has happened in Burkina Faso. And right now, uh, what we understand is that the military um, in Niger Republic is leaning towards Wagner. And remember that we just had a, an African-Russia uh, summit in St. Petersburg. Um, in that summit, um, Russia has promised uh, some of the African countries that um, it has Wagner presence that is going to deliver them um, some kind of free um, brains. You know, uh, remember that uh, there is an issue that Russia is restricting grains, you know, from uh, uh, right. Ukraine, you know, right. to be sold. Yes. So uh, we increasingly seen that Russia's presence in Africa is growing and um, they seem to be taking advantage 
um, of some of the weaker governments, uh, the very poor countries uh, that do not have, you know, strong governance. And, and there's nobody, to, and there's nobody, uh, David, there's nobody to protect these countries at all? You mean uh, the, the Wagner Group just goes in and uh, takes a few thousand soldiers, takes over the palace and says we're in charge? Well, that's not what it does. What happens is that, um, you know, there is a lot of anti-French uh, sentiment, you know. So a lot of the African countries that we are experiencing military coups now, they are former French territories. And a lot of the governments are saying that, you know, they are fed up uh, with the French system. Um, the military juntas are using that as an excuse uh, to overthrow democratically elected leaders. And, and then bring in um, military leaders. And these military leaders have been, um, you know, uh, increasingly been backed uh, by Wagner forces um, in, in this region. So it, it's quite a terrible um, experience. You know, um, America, for example, has a huge um, military presence in the Niger Republic, which is the latest country to experience a coup. Um, France also has a huge presence. Uh, Germany has a huge presence. Uh, so increasingly, U.S. has spent billions of U.S. dollars in training some of these military forces. Uh, and I think Congress would want to ask very key questions here. They would want to know, uh, is U.S. taxpayers' money being spent um, in these governments? Uh, and then all of a sudden, they are carrying out coup d'etat against the democratic system. So this is going to be a big problem for the United States. Um, in the few weeks and days to come. So, in other words, we should get somebody from uh, you know, the State Department or the Congress. The Congress has to authorize a law like uh, a, a war like that to find out what they know. Yeah, what's going on. The other thing, too, is also minerals. Part of the reason that the Wagner right. Group has been getting really involved there is a lot of these African oh, nations are they, big, they, rich they in minerals. They must need lithium-ion batteries. Yeah, what a surprise, huh? Surprise, surprise. <laughs> well, Don... Yes, I, I, I yes. I think what is important here um, is that what the U.S. can consider, because, you know, we have been in Africa and um, uh, some of the, the approach uh, that has been used, um, it's not very diplomatic. And this is why um, organizations like Pave the Way Foundation have done very well in, in different countries. And perhaps, you know, as the African representative, I believe that, you know, this is the time when, um, you know, the, the kind of quiet diplomacy um, that Pave the Way Foundation uses, this is when it can work effectively, um, whereby, you know, there can be a quiet diplomacy in the background. I mean, what Pave the Way does is that um, people who don't talk to each other, they speak to them. Yes, and, then and, they, and you're very you know, good at that. And, and you represent Africa for the Pave the Way Foundation. Now, what I'm going to do, uh, Dr. Yes. Otto, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get to somebody uh, from Congress that that does uh, our international policy, and I'm going to set up a, a call, and we're going to have a live call to the whole world on, on this station. Uh, I mean, that would be great, because this is a very critical moment. Um, what we do not want to see in Africa is democracy being eroded. Um, what Russia and Wagner provide um, is regime security. They do not provide national security, and what Africa needs is national security. Once Africa has national security, um, they would have good governance. You know, the, um, you know, yes. the, the, the level of uh, 
David, I have to take a break right now, but I want to thank you for coming thank on, you. and we'll set up a call maybe later on this week uh, with with uh, Congress and the and the Intelligence Committee and the Foreign Relations Committee, and and we'll 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 get a, we'll get down to the bottom of it. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Thank. Wow. wow. Really wow. scary. And by wow. the way, are we, are we conducting a foreign policy? We are. We, are. we don't conduct foreign policy. And it's not just about expo- them. We do yeah. expose. It's about us. No oh. foreign policy. Yes, oh. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, let's take a break. And we got Curtis Slewa. What the heck is going on at the Roosevelt Hotel? And he's got some revelations. And, and let's take that break first. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Katz and Cosby. And boy, is it a scene in New York City. The Roosevelt Hotel, which is supposed to be sort of like the uh, asylum processing center. Guess what? It's overrun. Uh, it's also, by the way, a price tag, $8 million that's costing New York City residents a day. And if you see the scene outside Roosevelt, it's like, uh, it looks all, like all a third the world. All around the block. You saw it, right? Well, the it judge, like the judge uh, Weinberg, uh, was at the Harvard Club. Uh, we had a big PAL lunch today uh, honoring uh, uh, Bill Bratton, who did a terrific job as commissioner. And uh, you walked back. And- I walked back. I saw it. You can't believe it. it's all around the block. Ah, uh, it is. The, it's everywhere course, in New York. You see, the question the question becomes: What do these people do all day? We're feeding them. We're housing them, but they don't have livelihoods. So what do they do to occupy themselves all day? And by the way, they're riding scooters up and down the streets to where do they get the scooters? Where do they get the phones? Well, joining us now is Curtis Lee. to talk about all this? Curtis, what did you uncover? Where do they get the weed? Where do they get the beer? Where do they end up? Right here. And I thought it was for women and children. I see no women and children. I don't know if you experienced any women and children. There. It's mostly single, able-bodied men. And we were told, no, 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 we're we're taking, we're prioritizing the women and children. That's nonsense. These are single, able-bodied men with plenty of time on their hands, with large levels of testosterone crashing through their cranium. And they're already getting into trouble in Midtown at the old Milford Plaza, at the Watson. You look at all the hotels that we're paying for. Remember, we're paying for them. And now that the Adams administration doesn't quantify them any longer as homeless shelters or hotels, they are migrant emergency relief centers. So this is done with an emergency act by the mayor, which means no more transparency. We're not entitled to know how much they're paying per room, how much they're paying for illegal aliens. All we're expected to do is pay our taxes and shut up. And it just cannot be tolerated. Look, the mayor, he opened up the door to this. He said, Abbott, you're a racist, and we're going to take care of the illegal aliens because we're a sanctuary city. And he has no way of turning off the spigot. And he's not saying close the border. I mean, that's the one thing. He's asking for money, but he's not saying a simple solution, close the border. Money will not do it. Money is not the answer. Closing the border is the answer. Even if you close the border tonight at midnight, you'd still have... How many, Curtis, 80,000 people floating around there? Oh, easily 100,000. And the old great lady, the New York Times, front page above the fold, cold busted the Adams administration in the Sunday New York Times by saying they have not handed in any of these contracts to the state controller, to the city controller. 
They haven't filed the contracts. They wouldn't give the contracts to the New York Times. I can understand they're not going to give it to Curtis Sliwa, Nancy Sliwa. We've been trying to get them. Or Project Veritas. But not even to the New York Times. So where is all this money going? Why? You think they don't want to admit the ka-ching, 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 how much it's costing us? It's billions involved here. And there are all kinds of ancillary organizations that are making money hand over fist and not providing the services. Look, you have all these men surrounding the block. I thought they're supposed to be outsourced to other centers. It's almost as if all of a sudden they continue to get illegal aliens in. They want to put a 1,000 over at Creedmoor. I've been leading demonstrations against that, destroy that neighborhood. They've targeted other neighborhoods. The residents of New York City have had enough, especially African Americans, who are wondering, wait a second, the concept of an election is to the victor go the spoils. Without the African American vote, uh, Eric Adams would never have won the Democratic primary because it was very close in the ranked choice voting. He owes them. And yet we can look right outside of our studio. The mass majority of the homeless, the emotionally disturbed, the people living in the subways, the streets, the parks, are American, African-Americans. And there's no room in the inn, there's no room in Creedmoor for them to get mental health care. There's 70% of the space in Creedmoor is unoccupied. So let's take care of our Americans and first. And John suggested Rikers, right? You know, Rikers that was Island great- is not, not occupied. No, you're correct. I've been locked up on Rikers Island. I can tell you many spots on Rikers Island. <laughs> well, then maybe more you can tell room. us, if, wouldn't there be enough room to put yes, them all? Yes, absolutely. John's saying, you know, you know, putting nice little doors on it, you know, but at least use the space. But your point is a really important one, too, Curtis, because it's like there are so many New Yorkers who are saying, wait a minute, we would love to have free health care. We'd love to have a free phone. We'd love to have a free night at the hotel and room service. And they're not getting Matt Wanning, our producer, says... Mayor says we have 100,000 immigrants and 60,000 homeless. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Oh, easily. That's what we know of. Yeah. I mean, that's what we know. And you know it's, what? It's they, a shame. It's, it's, it's crazy. It, it is. Crazy. It is. And then he goes, John, he goes to Mayorkas. Remember, yes. he has the meeting with Mayorkas. He gets a liaison after all this. Yeah. That's the big accomplishment. Well, notice, though, the man with the power in Washington who could help is Schumer. Why is he not coming up with the money? Somebody has to ask Schumer. He always is able to find money, even under yeah. the mattress of the Castro convertible when we need it. Curtis, yeah. Curtis, we got no Dr. Siegel on that. right now. Listen to this because there's some new revelations, some new diseases around. Rita, bring in Dr. Siegel. All right, Dr. Siegel. Uh, first off, before we get to all this, uh, what a mess this has been with all the migrants, too. We've talked about some of the diseases coming in that aren't even monitored on that. Your thoughts, Dr. Siegel? Well, I'm actually going to be able to break news for John on that, Nick, and you, and for you. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, we have a breaking news sign. Here we go. WABC. You, you made the top, Doctor Siegel. You got to break. (laughs) Breakfast is on us next week. Now you got to live up to it, Doctor Siegel. (laughs) There's a sheriff that was on Fox and Friends right before me this morning, and I said to him, "What's going on at the border?" He said, "All kinds of diseases coming in, and that includes resistant TB, syphilis." viruses, flu, and so malaria is coming in. We're going to see more and more of this, and so that's the breaking news, that that it is a porous border. And I am alone, maybe Robert Redfield agrees with me, but I am pretty much alone in saying Title 42 should never have been repealed. And what's the most ridiculous part of this is, you know, we used to screen people coming into the United States for diseases. That's actually what Ellis Island did. I mean, they actually kept you in, out back for a couple of days. While it's they called checks and balances. I mean, you don't have to be a genius to come up with this. 
I mean, I don't understand what we're doing here. I even said, you know, if you want to keep coming in from the borders in Texas, put up three or four Ellis Islands over there. No, exactly. Well, that exactly. But how about closing the border? Actually, <laughs> but I mean, right, uh, right. If you if you're trying to get asylum here, at least show you're healthy. <laughs> yeah, but you know what they want. And and yet, on the flip side, the Department of Justice is basically guess what? They're they're going after them for a temporary not, border. Really, they won't even let them do a temporary they're, border. They're, they're suing the state of Texas. The United States Department of Justice is suing Texas for putting up. So let me get this straight: the Biden administration will not protect our borders. The state of Texas is trying to protect their borders in this whole country, and they get sued by the Justice Department. What's wrong with that picture, doctor? Well, I think I think what's wrong with it is that everything is politics, Judge, as you know, and nothing is actual um, health or, or well-being. Speaking of health and well-being, by the way, you were talking about Chuck Schumer. I have to say the last time I saw him, I think he somehow grew more hair because it used to be that the back of his head was totally bald and only the front had hair. Now he looks like he's got hair, so he's moving in the right direction. Even if a lot of our, our other leaders are definitely ready for a nursing home, as, I, as I've written recently. Yeah, Dr. Siegel, this is Peter King. I read your column the other day. I thought it was really on point. As someone who's 79 years old, I read it very carefully. But I... I <laughs> Pete, I'm the one who says you never should have retired, right? Exactly. And so you, my, you make my point that it's not about age. And 79 is young compared to these guys, but it's not about age. It's actually about mental acuity and fit, fitness. Now, we can't superimpose that. That's never going to happen, right? But aren't you disturbed to see yeah. Diane Feinstein, somebody voting for her and tell, telling her what to say? Yeah, that was troubling. It was so troubling. And, and you say, say yes. Oh, okay, yes. I mean, no, right I'm, before our eyes. Yeah, but Fetterman proves it doesn't have to be about age. Yeah, good point. <laughs> Wait, hello, good night. That was that debate. Remember when right. we started the debate? Hello, good night. Doctor, how significant was that freezing by uh, Mitch McConnell? That's pretty significant, but I guess the question is that I have, and you thought of this too, which is why didn't they overreact more to that? Like what? How come there was such an underreaction so that he went back out there and started speaking again? And I, I mean, he's had a lot of falls. He has a problem with his gait. At least one neurologist I know has brought up the word Parkinsonism here, but if he has that, it's never disclosed it. But clearly this is something a neurologist needs to look closely at. And, you know, that, by the way, Parkinsonism causes those freezes, those exact freezes, where you have a, a state of, 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 of not responsiveness for many seconds or even a minute. So it could, it could be that. It could be, you know, other things have been brought up, but I think it, it warrants a neurological workup. He's also fallen a number of times. Has he hit his head? You know, and here's my tragic. prediction on, on by the way, back to Biden. Here's my prediction. Suddenly he's going to have health problems after Devin Archer's testimony today. Suddenly, you know, suddenly there's some health issues or family issues because uh, we, we've seen a slowness on the Biden front. Um, but I think he's going to the health may be a reason to maybe not run again. That's my thought. That's really smart, Rita. And by the way, Judge Weinberg, maybe he's actually going to say, I don't remember, and he'll enter that as uh, under a testimony. I don't remember. Well, you don't remember anything, right? <laughs> well, he, know, he remembers enough to uh, help uh, his son out on phone calls, doesn't he? Dr. My amateur psychology thing is that uh, with many of these people, they can't leave office because they're, the title they have is their whole life. If you're not a senator, if you're not a congressman, if you're not a judge, you're nothing. And they really uh, they have no life other than that title that they have, and they just can't break loose from it. They can't be on WABC like you can. Yeah. <laughs> by, the way, by the way, Rita, is that an aging male thing? 
<laughs> Definitely not an aging female Dr. thing. Siegel, Definitely thank not. you for coming on WABC today, and we'll catch up with you again real soon. And those we're going to be- By the way, those breakfasts are incredible, John. This weekend was the best yet. Amazing. Thank you. We had uh, Sheriff Toulon was so good. and uh, He's outstanding. Uh, we had a guy from NASA that uh, I really still figuring out what he's saying. <laughs> but... Uh, but but uh, Dr. Siegel, thank you for your input at the breakfast. You saved the day. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, let's take a break, and we're going to come back. Guess with who? Bill O'Reilly. And he has some important things to say. Stand by. Let's take that break. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. Well, we're back, and now we have uh, Bill O'Reilly, the number one common sense Irish guy I know, <laughs> other than Peter King, of course. Uh, I'm not Bill's class. Last, Bill's night, last night, we danced the night away at West Hampton Theater. We had uh, that uh, group. The Beach Boys. The Beach Boys. And I can't believe that uh, my, was Mike Love was is 83 years old, and he was singing and dancing on, the, on stage like, like he was uh, 23. He's awesome. Bill O'Reilly, it was good to see you. Yeah, if you were making 80000 a night, you'd be singing and dancing on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> if I was making 80000 a night, I'd be taking a pay cut. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I had to have a little bit of Irish wit. <laughs> How was it? By the way, I, what was your favorite song there, Bill? Well, I've been friends with a band for, geez, got to be 25 years. Um, and they follow BillOReilly.com, Common Sense on WABC and, you know, my writings and books and stuff like that very closely. So whenever they're around, I go in. And uh, I think the best song that uh, the Beach Boys ever recorded, just as harmony, is Surfer Girl. And Love yeah. got in a little trouble because he goes, this is a gender-specific song. Oh. <laughs> some of the, uh, you know, loons on the left. Oh, yeah. But, well, um, I, was, I wouldn't go see it if it was Surfer Guys. <laughs> <laughs> Not even for 80000 <laughs> So they did two hours. Uh, Johnston's 81. He's a, almost an original member. And then Love, as you pointed out, is going to be 83. They did two hours straight, no intermission, and it was all hits. And, and I mean, I don't know any other band in the world, including the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, who could do two hours straight, all hits. Yeah, they're great. They are great. Uh, Bill, what, what a, like an amazing uh, uh, opportunity. I saw them a, a couple of years ago in Hawaii, and everybody was singing, like every word. I mean, it's so nice. You know, so much of memories and so many great stories. Um, I, Bill, I got to get your take also on Devin Archer, who came before Congress today. Lots of stuff is leaking out. Yeah, I heard Giuliani before on the program, and uh, I don't think there's any doubt of the big picture here. It's just the specifics got to nail down. And then the American people have to decide, and it's a totally different electorate than it was even 10 years ago. So uh, Joe Biden participated actively in an influence scaling scheme with his grifter son, who he knew was a grifter, his brother, Jim. Um, And basically, they were open for business. And Hunter and Jim would set up the uh, deals. And uh, China and Romania and Ukraine and Russia would pay a certain amount of money. And then the Biden family would use its influence to do what those companies wanted. That's it. 
There's no, it didn't happen. It did. Uh, they were selling influence. So is that a crime? I, you could charge with conspiracy. I don't know whether you get a conviction on it. But surely for the vice president of the United States, and you were debating whether he did these deals while he was vice president. Yes, he did. The Cafe Milano meeting was while he was vice president with some of these company members in D.C. Now, Biden basically, he's almost like, and I hate to use this, a mafia don. They don't want to know the specifics, okay? They don't want to know Burisma from the Chinese communist uh, utility company, but they're there to prop up Hunter and Jim and to any extent the deal could be done, they'll come on the phone and close it. I don't believe Joe Biden was involved in negotiations or any of that. Now, the key question is very simple. Did Hunter Biden pay his father? That's it. If he did, Biden's done. He'd be convicted in the Senate of uh, high crimes and misdemeanors, uh, even though he was vice president. doesn't matter. That is the question. Did he receive money, Joe Biden, from his son, Hunter? Yeah, and that's where they're watching. Uh, of course, today we even heard from um, Comer's committee, because it was the oversight committee, uh, that they're getting some new bank records for Russia, Ukraine, also Kazakhstan. That was the first time they talked about Kazakhstan today. So he said he's going to get these records any day now. He's also going to release the testimony in the next two or three days. But you're right. There's a lot of dots to connect. But Judge Weinberg, you got a well, question for Bill. Bill. Bill, the other interesting, it's one question that you correctly point out is, did Biden, the vice president, receive money for this? The other question is, what was done in an official governmental capacity in exchange for the money? And that makes it even worse if they can show, for example, the firing of that prosecutor. And the is timing. Related, and the time and the circumstantial evidence there is compelling, Bill. What do you say? Yeah, it is. But I don't know if you're ever going to do that beyond a reasonable doubt. Um, you don't need it for impeachment, though. That's not just standing in No, but you need it for conviction. Um, so it comes back to, did Hunter Biden put on his own laptop that he paid his father? As Giuliani pointed out earlier in the hour, and Giuliani knows because Giuliani was the first one to get that laptop out of Delaware. Okay, so Hunter Biden said, I paid my, I've been paying my father 50% of my salary for 10 years, whatever he said. But we don't know whether that's an exaggeration or not. We don't know. Now, what has to happen is Joe Biden has to answer questions under oath from the committee. That's the next thing that's going to happen in September. So the committee is going to subpoena him. Now, he doesn't have to go over to the Hill, but certainly he'd have to ask, answer questions inside the White House. And he'll block it. He'll try to block it with executive privilege and all hell's going to break loose. That's the next step. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that, that I agree. He's got to come he over. Has yeah. To questions. And if he refuses to answer them, all right, like uh, Nixon, um, then I don't think he's going to make it anyway. I think Joe Biden is, is health is so bad mentally and physically that combined with this means he's done. And I, I wouldn't be surprised by Christmas if he's out. But now Comer and Jordan have a case to interview Joe Biden. And if he resists, you know, Biden can't win this. 
and, and those of you who follow the political foibles in this country, Joe Biden cannot win. No matter how many little sleazy people go out to try to defend him, he can't win. It was a point where Richard Nixon could not win. Biden has reached that point. Who gets the, nomina- wow. who gets the nomination uh, for Democratic uh, uh, for president? Uh, is it Gassam uh, uh, Newman or... Uh, Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom. Gavin yeah, California or- governor. Yep. Well, he wants it, but California's a wreck. It's a wreck. So it's a tough run. Klobuchar wants it, senator from Minnesota, who ran last time. And then you got Michelle up at Martha's Vineyard. So at this point, I would see those three are the most viable. But it's absolute chaos within the Democratic Party right now. The really smart people know just what I said. Joe Biden cannot win this. You know, you just brought up Michelle Obama. I've always thought she's been waiting in the wings uh, how viable yeah, do you but think that is? There's a situation going on right now at Martha's Vineyard. Uh, there was a possible murder, or a possible. Oh, there's a death for sure. You're talking about the chef, right? The, who the chef right. that died in, in a good swimmer in eight feet worth of yeah, a, that's a almost impossible to believe, but. I don't. I, I can't go for the murder thing. I'm not saying murder. I tell you, you're just the saying there's was, something. There's a death. There's, you somebody know, passed a away. Lifeguard. There's a former lifeguard. Most of these things happen when you're intoxicated. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, uh, Bill O'Reilly. I'll yeah, be guys. listening tonight. What are you going to talk about tonight? Well, we're leading with uh, Devin Archer, and we're going to play you a clip of Casamitidis doing the limbo for the Beach Boys. <laughs> oh, we'll I, definitely I got tune proof. in. I got the video. <laughs> thank, thank you, Bill O'Reilly. I'll be listening at 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock on WABCRadio.com, BillOReilly.com, and God bless you, and keep up keep up that uh, common sense. And what do we stand for? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and the American, American way. way. God bless America.